When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We are back for week two of Giants football in this 2023-24 season. They're going to be playing the Arizona Cardinals on the road. A four o'clock start, like I said, because they're going to be in Glendale facing the Arizona Cardinals. I think I just repeated the same thing twice. My name is Josh. I'm joined by my friend and my co-host, Alex. We have had a few days and a busy week that is still busy at this point, right? It's Thursday night when we're recording this. Still have stuff going on for college and We'll be busy up until the weekend, but we'll make sure to finish that homework before the 4 or 5 kickoff time, and we can focus all of our time on the New York Giants, even though I don't think they deserve our time right now, Alex. As what we talked about, if you haven't already, listen to our depression recap episode of the Giants versus Cowboys game that we recorded very early on Tuesday morning. The Giants lost if you weren't living under a rock, or I guess if you were living under a rock, 40 to nothing to the Cowboys, which... Put the Cowboys at the top of the list of superior teams in the NFL, according to, you know, all of the NFL media as, you know, they are America's team and put the Giants at the bottom of the list. I saw reports out there that Brian Dable is not trustworthy anymore as the coach of the New York Giants. I saw people like Jim Rome on CBS Sports say in his show on Tuesday that he already believes the Giants are not taking that step up just from this game. This week one matchup where, let me, I will admit firsthand, they absolutely sucked all sides of the ball. Offense, defense, and special teams with Graham Gunnell missing field goals, which he does very rarely. But for Jim Rome and for people in the media to come out and say, and notice how these aren't Giants reporters to, to say this, but it's more the outside NFL media saying, okay, that's it. I saw one game from the New York Giants. They're not improving this season. So he already said that he came out and he was like, and I'm not like trying to pick on Jim Rome individually. It's just one guy that stood out to me that he literally said in the show, uh, the Giants made the first round wild card last year of the playoffs and they made the divisional, excuse me, they won the wild card. And he was like, people were saying, can they step up this year? No. I just think you make those are outrageous, bold claims for clicks and, and, and maybe some more views on Twitter. However, it's a week one game. Teams are still trying to figure their stuff out. You look at quarterbacks around the NFL, Joe Burrow, the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. I mentioned this on Monday's episode. 
he goes out there, has a bad performance. Josh Allen, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, he goes out there, throws three picks against the New York Jets defense on Monday Night Football. And Alex, maybe we'll do a little bit talking of, uh, you know, the Aaron Rodgers situation, how New York just had a bad week one in general. Uh, Jets, Bills, Giants, all of the above. It did not go well. But a little opening ran here to start this Cardinals-Giants preview. Alex, how are you doing? I think I'm doing as well as I, you know, could be considering everything you talked about that's happened over this past week or so uh, with the Giants. And, um, you know, I kind of want to touch on what you were talking about with, you know, it being just week one. I don't think it's possible. I think we discussed this uh, in our recap episode, too. I don't think it's possible that the Giants could play a worse game than that. I don't even think like they could do it, even if they were trying to do like play the worst game possible as like some funny prank. I don't think they could do it. So it cannot get worse, probably, like 99%. Of course, now they say that we're going to lose 50 to 0 to the Cardinals. But, um, what I, you know, it's week one. No matter how bad the loss was, and yes, it was awful and terrible, it's only week one. If that happened, say, week 16, week 17, and you're, you know, on the border of a playoff spot or something like that, then that's really bad and really damaging. But, um, you know, this is still damaging, but it's week one. And you learn from this, you know, these mistakes or pretty much the whole game, which was a mistake. Um, every single play was practically a mistake. So um, you you come out and you, you know, you just try to get better here at practice. You focus your mindset uh, on the upcoming week. Look at what you did wrong. And there was a lot of stuff to look back on and a lot of stuff to improve on. So the Giants season is not over um, for sure. Now, if they lose against the Cardinals, that's going to be tough because then you're going into Thursday night football next week against a very, very, very good, probably top three team in the NFL uh, in the San Francisco 49ers on a short week um, against a team that just has so many weapons, a destructive defensive line. And um, yeah, it's going to be a rough one if you can't go one and one after this weekend. But um, overall, I, I'd say I'm concerned for sure about the Giants. I think anyone who says they're not concerned uh, after a 40 to zero loss uh, in week one, no matter who the team is um, that you're playing, it is kind of lying to you. But, um, you know, there's a mix of concern and also optimism that, you know, things are going to get better, uh, ideally. And then, you know, obviously the New York media runs crazy. I know, uh, what was it, Michael Kay, who came out and said that Brian Dable uh, was having this big, huge party uh, Saturday night before the game uh, and that he was partying and all that. Of course, he had to take it back when. Uh, we all found out that it was actually a party for his six-year-old son, uh, who I would assume probably has a bedtime of about 10 p.m. So uh, at 10 p.m., wait, what did I say? Six years old? When I was six, I probably had like a 8 p.m. bedtime, 7 p.m. bedtime. So I'm sure Brian Dable uh, was really high on the, uh, what are they called? Capri Suns. And uh, what else do you have at a six-year-old's birthday party? Uh, so um, uh, pizza and Capri Sun combo, I would say. Pizza, right. Capri Sun. It, it's wild in there. Oh, it's, a, it's a wild party that you'd have that night. But Listen, yeah. the amount of sweat and claustrophobia that wherever, I don't know if it was at the house or I guess if it was at Dable's house, there would be no claustrophobia in sight. Uh, but the amount of sweating young children running around, it's a lot. It's a lot. Um, would have been I, put in a better performance than the Giants did on Sunday. That's for sure, those guys. What I will Which say, Alex, <laughs> what I will say, Alex, if we want to talk about partying and, and not sleeping, Take out the partying part, but the not sleeping, I think, was very, 
very relevant to Brian Dable's night Sunday going into Monday. He came in in his press conference the following day saying he got little to no sleep as you know, you would assume the Giants coach would do after getting blown out by that margin. And I want to take it back actually to uh, Brian Dable and what we're talking about. No, he did not have a stellar performance on Sunday Night Football. I understand that. And actually, I, I want to talk about some questionable calls that I don't believe we did in that recap. And and the one, not a couple, it was just basically the one of leaving quarterback Daniel Jones in the game to finish the game when the Giants are down 30-plus points late in the second half. The Cowboys had their second-teamers in there. You just paid Daniel Jones a good amount of money this offseason, and with one little hit, which there wasn't one little hit in the game. We know that Jones is pressured on the majority of his dropbacks. One hit, he gets concussion. He's out for next week. He, look at Aaron Rodgers. He gets twisted around a little bit, and he could tear his Achilles. Who the hell knows? But I think this is something that we should talk about at least just for a minute, which we didn't do in the recap, was that Dable decided to keep Jones in the game. And, you know, I guess Jones in the game or not, the entire Giants team forgot that it was a regular season game um, and still thought it was preseason. But if we're in that preseason mindset at that point, then continue with that and take Jones out after the first half ends or after the third quarter ends or something. By keeping him in like that, thank God he doesn't get injured. But I just think that was a bad decision. And Alex, I want to get your take on it. And then we could start moving into the news of this episode. At that point in time, with the frustration with Jones's performance, the frustration with the whole offense, um, I do understand mentally why you would be so angry and frustrated and just want to keep him in. Now, is that a rational decision? No. But I think you could also look at it from another standpoint that um, that the Giants and Dable really wanted to say like, hey, you know, we're going to put, you know, we're going to play this all the way to the end, um, you know, even if we're losing by whatever it was at that point, 33 points. So, you know, I get it. I don't get it. At the end right now, of course, you look back and say, oh, my God, that's ridiculous. Um, but I'm sure a lot of the Giants fans who are saying, oh, that was ridiculous. Can't believe he did that. We're happy that Jones was still in the game and saying like, you know, I this is at least how I felt because I was so angry at the time watching the game. Like, oh, you know, he deserves to be in. This is the mess he's created. Like, he's got to finish the game. Like, you've played so terrible, you got to stay in. So um, I, I think that's something that a lot of Giants fans were probably thinking to themselves that, of course, um, you know, looking back on it, uh, now we think, okay, that was terrible. I cannot believe he did that. Brian Dable is crazy. He's trying to destroy our team. Um, so I think I think it's all depending on the point of view and when you look at it. So um yeah, of course, right now it does not look great. I would agree with you. All right, so with that being said, I guess we can get into the news. Uh, heading into this game, starting off with injuries on Monday, Brian Dable said Matt Parrott also, this is basically most of our talking when it comes to the news segment of this episode, is the talking of injuries. So Brian Dable said Matt Parrott also went for an MRI today, which was on Monday, obviously. Serious concerns at tackle pending those results and obviously the, the status of Andrew Thomas who went down in Sunday's game. And then Brian Dable also mentioned that Darren Waller and Deontay Banks came out of the game. Uh, just completely transitioning from that, we go to the Arizona Cardinals talking about, I just went in the order of where I found stuff. Jonathan Gannon, the Cardinals head coach, which, uh, you know, if anyone's been watching the the Cardinals head coaching process, just everyone makes this comparison that the Cardinals hired Murr from Impractical Jokers and the reference is not far off. I don't know if anyone's seen the viral clip on social media of uh, 
Alex, I'm sure you've seen it again and saying, did anyone take the bus here today? Raise your hand. You have that fire in your gut right now. <laughs> it's a very funny clip. I would go check it out. It's it's very scary having Jonathan Ginn as your coach. Um, but it won't be so scary if they beat the Giants. So we'll see. Anyway, he announced that Josh Dobbs will get the start again this week against the Giants last week. Uh, Dobbs already faced an NFC East opponent in the Washington Commanders. He went 21 for 30 with 132 yards, no touchdowns thrown. We'll have to see how he faces against the Giants defense, which, again, after week one, doesn't seem that scary. Andre Roberts and James Proche, or Proche, I don't know exactly how you pronounce his name. Proche, I believe. Okay. Proche. Per ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, um, were return specialists. That worked out with the Giants on Tuesday. As of right now, neither of them have been signed. Andrew Thomas didn't practice on Tuesday. Darren Waller got a veteran rest day. And when we talk about that, or when Dable talked about that on Tuesday, he said that he's going to monitor Darren Waller and Sterling Shepard, among some others. And um, that would be the plan. That was the plan even before Waller popped up on the injury report last week with his hamstring injury. And then Shepard had a veteran rest day on Thursday. Dable was asked about those workouts on Tuesday with Roberts and Prochet, like I said. Uh, and Dable said that he wanted to take a look and consider all his options, but the signing isn't happening there with either player at this time. Alex, you want to continue with the bullet points here, or do you want me to go all the way to the injury report and you take over from there? No, I'll get into some stuff here, Josh. Um, so Darren Waller uh, came out today and said he does not anticipate the hamstring limiting him at all. Uh, he said, nah, I'm playing. Uh, the Giants play the Cardinals on Sunday, obviously in Arizona. Um, he was asked, is the hamstring any concern long-term or moving forward? He said, no, not really. Waller said last year's hamstring injury was much different. What he experienced last week wasn't even comparable. Um, so it looks like Darren Waller is on track for Sunday's game and probably a prominent role here, uh, especially with Daniel Jones and this offense getting off to such a rough start uh, in week one. And then Amani Oruwariya, uh, excuse me, before we get into the official injury reports, suffered a very scary neck injury on pra uh, during practice on Tuesday. Uh, he did have movement uh, in all in all places, I should say, uh, and was taken to Hackensack Medical Center for further evaluation. The results were and, and the testing was negative uh, and he was cleared to return to the team's facility. So that was scary for sure. Uh, he was down for several minutes and, you know, people were kind of, uh, you know, really concerned about if he was actually going to be OK. And it looks like he's going to be OK. So. Don't know when he's going to be back necessarily uh, to play for the Giants. Um, you know, I'm not sure if he's going to get a little bit of a break here, but we'll have to wait and see after that scary incident. And then I'll get into the Giants injury report. and I'll let Josh handle the Cardinals injury report. Um, so the Giants here uh, will do Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, so on Wednesday, uh, the did not practice players uh, were Andrew Thomas with a hamstring, Darren Waller with a hamstring slash rest day. And then the limited participants were Deontay Banks, Cam Brown, Cordell Flott, Graham Gano, Aziz Ojolari with a hamstring injury that popped up on Tuesday, uh, Javarius Owens with a hamstring injury limited, Matt Parrott with an elbow limited, uh, Wandale knee recovery still limited, and Sterling Shepard uh, got a veteran uh, rest day on Thursday, I guess here I'll transition. Uh, so starting Thursday, he was the only player who did not practice on Thursday. Uh, and then the limited participants uh, were Andrew Thomas, Darren Waller, Deontay Banks, Cam Brown, Cordero Flott, Graham Gano, Aziz Ojolari, Javarius Owens, Matt Pert, and Wandell Robinson. Important to note, 
Andrew Thomas did not participate in team drills, um, even though he was a limited participant on Thursday uh, for, you know, for those who are concerned with his status for Sunday, I'd say right now, just guessing here, obviously don't know the ins and outs of his injury, but just from everything we're hearing, I'd say it's probably a 40% chance he plays on Sunday. Um, very likely that they probably rest him against a slightly weaker Cardinals defensive line uh, for that big clash against the 49ers on Thursday night football. Josh, you got the Cardinals? Yes, Alex, I got the Cardinals covered here. First, we had LJ. I don't know how you pronounce his last name, but maybe Collier. Uh, defense- LJ Collier. I, I'm getting it right, actually. You know, I'm, I I should just be confident in my ability. By the way, notice how this has completely shifted. When this podcast first started, I could not say anyone's you still name. still go on that. But yet you say that the two names that I wasn't 100% sure I should be because I got them both right. That's all I got to say. Uh, anyway, he had an injury. We don't have the updated. Let me say that. We don't have the update from Thursday's practices. So this is Wednesday's practices. So Collier first, defensive end, biceps did not practice. Josh Woods, I can get that first name right. Linebacker ankle did not practice as well on Wednesday. And the limited, there was only three. Kelvin Beecham, the offensive tackle, had a hand injury. James Connor, the running back, had a calf injury. And Lucky Foto or Fotu, uh, the defensive tackle, had a shoulder injury. Yeah, just wanted to uh, pipe in here, Josh. The actual the injury results for Thursday or injury report for Thursday just came out for the Cardinals, and it is identical to Wednesday. So everything you just heard uh, about Wednesday is the same on Thursday. So just wanted to put that in there. And then with that being said, our favorite moments from our preview episodes, obviously, the NFL picks. We now have last week's results in, so we'll go through who won that. We're also going to talk about our players to watch in this upcoming game against the Giants or against the Cardinals. And then our score predictions. Do we have the Giants running it back? We have the Giants winning last week, and we both got that wrong, obviously. So do we run it back with our same results and have them win again? We'll all find that out after the break. Stay tuned. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, back now to talk about our NFL picks for Week 2. But before we do that, we have to talk about Alex's killer performance last week in the Week 1 selections. Getting everything right and me getting everything wrong. Alex, you went 11-4. and four. And I went seven and eight. So a rough way to start the season. We're going to hope that you have to slip up this week and I bounce back. But any response on that just before I start getting into the picks or you start getting into the picks, I should say. I mean, I'm just uh, I'm doing well here. I was shocked. I didn't really think about it, to be honest. You know, I don't really think about the picks until we show up here and record the preview episodes that I see the results from last week. Uh, so yeah, I don't really know how I got 11 and four and I don't really know how you got seven and eight, but Hey, um, I'm, I'm happy with what's happening here. And I built up a, a four game lead already in week one. So I'm happy with that. It was like, it was like the toss up games. Like if you look at the schedule, we had that Buccaneers three point win against the Vikings. You took the bucks in that one, the Panthers Falcons game. I think you took the Falcons and I took the Panthers. Uh, we had the. Uh, what was another one? It was um, maybe the Raiders. Bronco. I think. 
Yeah, that one too, probably Saints, Titans. It was like those kind of flip-flop games where you could have chose. Yeah, it was definitely Packers, Bears as well. And then Dolphins, Chargers. You were the Dolphins and I had the Chargers. So it was just those games that actually turned out to be toss-ups in the end of things with teams winning, you know, the Raiders and Broncos, the Raiders winning by one, the Dolphins winning by two, the Buccaneers winning by three. You happen to just choose the correct opponents in that one. And, and I fell so Don't just ob- say happen. Don't just say happen. It was skill. Obviously, it wasn't accuracy. so much skill because you <laughs> just said you had no idea that you went 11 and 4 until maybe 10 minutes ago. So, anyway, <laughs> go ahead with the picks this week. All right. Starting with Thursday night football, um, we have Vikings, Eagles. We both have the Eagles, Bengals, Ravens, starting with the one o'clock slate. I have the Bengals. Josh has the Ravens. Lions, Seahawks, we both have the Lions. Colts, Texans, we both have the Colts. Buccaneers, Bears, I'm riding with the Buccaneers. Josh is going with the Bears. Jaguars, Chiefs, I'm going with the Chiefs. Josh is going with the Jags. Uh, Packers and Falcons, we both got the Packers. Raiders, Bills, we both have the Bills. Chargers, Titans, to finish it out for me, uh, we both have the Chargers. We now go to the floor clock, floor, the floor clock window, the 4 p.m. window of football games. The New York Giants, again, are going to be involved in that. We'll give you our score predictions on that game in a little bit. But first, let's go through the other ones at this time. We have the 49ers and the Rams playing each other. We both have the 49ers winning that game. The Cowboys are going to be playing the Jets. We both have the Cowboys winning that one. It is Broncos Commanders up next. Alex, or excuse me, myself, staying with the NFC East while Alex is going with the Russell Wilson-led Broncos, it's a saver player. I'm not surprised in any way. Broncos country, let's ride. Yep, they're not riding to anything right now. They are riding to another dumpster fire. And that is what I have to say there. Dolphins-Patriots next up, obviously, as we know our, our relationship with the Patriots and all Giants fans' relationship with them. So why have them win when you can just pick the Dolphins to win? And then Saints-Panthers, I'm going to keep my hopes with the Panthers while Alex switches and goes with the Saints and then our Monday night showdown Steelers Browns the rivalry is there and Ter- around terrible Monday night I was gonna say that but I just I Alex took it right from me and then Browns we think take it right from the Steelers and win that game on Monday night all right Alex players to watch I'll start off with mine it's funny both of our Giants guys are very similar on the offensive line I gave it away I'm sorry I'll start with the Cardinals guy, though. Linebacker Dennis Gardick, two sacks last week, is leading that team when it comes to rushes and a great guy that he's setting uh, coming into the middle. And that leads me to my Giants player, Evan Neal. Now he's on the outside. Gardick, I understand, is a linebacker. However, this is just in the general scheme of things. If we want to contain the Arizona Cardinals defense against the right side of our offensive line right now, that needs to be done. Daniel Jones needs to have time to be able to find receivers. We did not see that in the Cowboys game whatsoever. And the offensive line is going to be a big, 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 yes, that's right, three bigs, question mark in this game. Because this is the test, right? The Cowboys, that wasn't even a test. That was like, you know, the beginning of the school year, if you remember when you were back in school, or maybe you're in school right now, I don't know. But you you take that test that you take in September on the first day of classes, and then it's really the annoying. Syllabus quiz. The syllabus quiz because you don't know any of it. And they're like, don't worry, you'll learn, you'll, you'll figure it out, and we're going to take it again by the end of the year, and you take it by the end of the school year. That was like the Cowboys game. That was that test. Now this is the first unit one exam against the Arizona Cardinals because next week on Thursday, you're going to be playing probably a better defense 
in the 49ers than the Cowboys even were with better interior rushers. So this is the test right here. The first test, it's going to be a little bit easier. The unit one exam, right? Teachers aren't going to give you that much, uh, you know, that many different uh, problems to solve. And the Giants had to see if they can put together. Ooh, how do I continue with this? They have to see if they can put together the equations to solve these problems and get the 90 or above and the A result. Whoa, that was crazy. I just did that. But anyway, my Giants players to watch my Giants player to watch is Evan Neal on that right side. My Cardinals player to watch is linebacker Dennis Gardick on the Cardinals. I think I said that twice. Whatever. All right. I'm gonna start with the Cardinals here. And this is what I'm gonna say. This is no disrespect to the Cardinals, but to be completely honest, there's nothing to watch for the Cardinals. It's all no, you're laughing. Josh is laughing at me right now. But there's nothing, it's all about the Giants and looking at ourselves. Because that offensive, it doesn't really matter if we're going up against Dennis Gardeck, who I honestly, I don't really know who that is. I, you know, he got two sacks last week. Like, I don't, there's no one I'm like going, circling on the Cardinals sheet uh, of their roster and being like, that guy I need to worry about uh, going into it. It's, I'm worried, I'm circling uh, my Giants player to watch uh, and like your Giants player to watch, Evan Neal, this whole offensive line, that's who I'm circling. I'm circling Daniel Jones. Everyone on that offense uh, is who I'm watching. It's really going to be about how we execute, uh, not as much about what the Cardinals can do. Uh, if we, you know, have self-inflicted wounds, we're going to lose the game. Um, it's not going to be, we're not going to lose the game because they're just going to overpower us as a better team, as a better football team. Uh, they will win the game uh, if they can force mistakes from us uh, and take advantage of our weaknesses, which is the offensive line at this current moment. But that being said, I want to put in a player who kind of fits the mold of a, a guy who the Giants usually struggle against, uh, and that's Rondell Moore. Uh, we've you know seen some struggles in the slot um, you know in the past couple of years, but now we have a Dory Jackson kind of there. Uh, Rondell Moore thought he showed some flashes from what I saw last week against the Commanders, so I'll put him in there. But really, um, he's just a placeholder uh, for me in my mind. I think this is all about the Giants and all about the players to watch on our side of the ball. And then, you know, kind of continuing with that theme, Mark Lewinsky right next to Evan Neal. Uh, he was terrible. He had a 1.0 PFF grade out of 100. Um, so terrible, just terrible grade. Uh, he was awful. He gave up what felt like about 30 different sacks, uh, even though I believe it was like three, um, which is still awful. But he was not good. And that whole right side of the offensive line, is he going to be able to step in um, and, and prove that he deserves to be a starter on this football team? And if not even a starter, uh, you know, a player that can play in the NFL uh, at a competitive level because he was not able to do that uh, last game. Yeah, I, I mean, like like you said, and like I said, I'm not going to say if we won that game against the Cowboys, we would be going into this game being like this is an easy game to win and, and not a pointless game. But now being 0-1, this game is huge, Alex. If the Giants go to 0-2 and like you said, go to Thursday Night Football next weekend, or next Thursday against one of, if not the best team in the NFL, the 49ers. It's going to be a tough next week from the criticism of the New York media from the criticism of their head coach that they're getting the Giants. I, I'm i not going to know what to say, and I'm going to be speechless on this postgame uh, recap. If the Giants lose this game versus the Arizona Cardinals, this is, I can't believe we're saying this in week two, but it, we might have to say that this is a must-win game. Because it is. Like you said, there are no headliners on this team. This team is getting, um, I was going to say quarterback. This team 
has their quarterback under center is Josh Dobbs, who in his career is a backup quarterback, was with the Steelers for a numerous amount of years, and now he is the starter for the Cardinals. Did nothing crazy last week. This should be done. It should be business. We should be wiping our hands off and getting this thing out of the way and getting a win in Arizona and then going right from there, staying on the West Coast and having the San Francisco. I think there's really nothing else to say there. And Alex, right? Any final thoughts from you? Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think you pretty much covered it. Get dirty a little bit, but wipe our hands clean at the end of the day and get this win. And I think that's really it. So what I can say here is just to plug ourselves up a little bit, and that is give us the follows on Uh, social media. We did not do our score predictions, Josh. Well, I'm crazy. You're crazy, but I will do mine. You mentioned that this is going to be, you mentioned this is going to be an important game, a must-win game, and I think the Giants just barely squeak by with a 20-19 victory. Yeah, like I said, I think I would have much... uh, further amounts of confidence if this team won last week and they didn't so I have a 24-21 win against the Arizona Cardinals if you tell if you told me the Giants were 1-0 heading into this game I would say it would be a double digit victory but I I don't have that confidence in this team whatsoever okay now I'll go to the plug section Alex thank you for reminding me and remembering that otherwise we would not have put our score predictions in for this game follow us on those social media platforms like I was saying earlier at the Giant Take Pod on Twitter TikTok Instagram and Facebook Alex on Twitter at Anoin23. I'm on Twitter at Josh Solo29. Subscribe wherever you're listening. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc. Alex, wrap this one up for us. All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of the Giant Take Podcast. I uh, hope everyone is having an all right week. And we'll see you next time after, hopefully, the Giants' first victory of the season. Peace. Peace.